Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to episode 53 of the Agree to Disagree podcast show, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and social issues. This episode is brought to you by our main sponsor, CigarNights.com, where all you cigar aficionados can get all your cigar accessories, and Audible.com. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Sign up now for your free 30-day trial. And free ebook, clicking on the link in the show notes at audibletrial.com backslash agree to disagree show. My guests this evening, guys, uh, are the co-hosts of the Alt Left podcast. So let me read a little bit uh, their, their description on their show on their YouTube page, which which I actually loved. So this is you know when I read this this description of their show is one of the reasons why I wanted to have them on on my podcast tonight. So American politics is a lot like a war. When you have two opposing sides, pitfalls and dangers are everywhere in between. Can you really be sure you're on the right side? Join with us, three privileged dudes with opinions, and we'll navigate this treacherous landscape together and try to keep on the right side of history. Guys, give a warm welcome, a big warm, even though it's freezing in Canada. Canadian welcome to Matt, Chris, and Kay. Let me bring them on to the screen here. What is up, gentlemen? Ah, uh, thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, it, I, I, what I wanted to do tonight is why I wanted to have you guys. We we didn't have much time to to talk off off uh, off air. Is trying to make sense of all the madness of what's going on in the world, and I think you guys are pretty fair by trying to hear or try to make sense of both sides of the story, both sides of the spectrum, and. I wanted to get the point of view of some Americans and and try to make a correlation maybe between American politics and Canadian politics and what whatever is going on in this mess that's going on right now in, in, in the world. So I want to start off with, first of all, say thank you to the three of you for being on the show tonight. Um, it's, it's, it's great. You guys are out on the West Coast there, nice and warm, while we're freezing our asses off here in, in Montreal. But um, why did you guys decide to do this podcast? Let's start it off with that. Uh, it was actually Matt's idea. Um, uh, we were the three of us basically would sit and hang out all the time. We're, the three of us were actually very good friends mm -hmm. uh, before this podcast happened, and we would sit around Matt's place or Kay's place, and we would end up. This is a personal flaw of mine. There is no conversation that goes on five minutes until it delves into either history or politics, um, and, and that's just where it always goes. I mean, so the mm -hmm. three of us would sit around and have you know conversations and arguments and or we'd all agree, but we'd have these you know three hour long conversations. And Matt was like, Look, we're three white guys with opinions, like we should have a podcast. <laughs> and I think our ridiculous conversations would be something that a few people might actually dig. And I was like, I don't know. Like, there's there's the, the world is literally full of three 
middle-aged white dudes doing a podcast. That is just, that's the thing. You know, our grandparents joined the Masons and built model trains. You know, our parents developed drug addictions and treated us horribly. And we make podcasts. That's what our generation does. You know, so I thought it was lame. The only thing that you're missing is the beard, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, Luigi, you need saying. a beard, buddy. Yeah. Uh, guys, I wish I could draw. Oh, actually, I just shaved, but I wish I could grow a nice one. I can't. This is the reason why I have to constantly shave because it, it, it's not a good look, guys. It's, it's not a good look. It really is. Fair enough. It's not a good look. Um, um, but yeah, we, we we ended up just doing like, okay, so we bought a couple of microphones and just started doing it. And a handful of episodes later, we just fell in love with doing it. Um, it's, it's kind of a buddy activity. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's been a great way to hang out with our friends during COVID, um, because, you know, this is a trash country. No one wears a mask here, so it's never going to die in America. <laughs> and, um, it's a lot of fun. We get a lot of shit off our chests and we get to talk about the things we actually want to talk about. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And also like, I think, so there's something else to point out too, is we're leftist, right? But most people don't understand there's a, a difference between a leftist and a liberal. And we talk about this a lot on our podcast, but like, um, I, I think K among us, he's going further left, but he'd be the closest to a liberal, but he's, he's more like, I don't know. Where do you sit now? K? I'm not even sure at this point, you know, we've been I, dragging you farther left every yeah, day. K, K, K's yeah. achieved like squad level of progressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. K, are you out on left field? Like, are you in that, in the stands on third base side on the third base side or how far left are you? Oh, I am not nearly as left as Chris or Matt. Every okay. week, I swear, though, I'm inching my way further <laughs> and further and further away from the right and the center. And it it really just goes to show that once you start really thinking about a lot of these ideas, uh, that you kind of start to understand what we have in this country, what the rest of the world has, and wonder why don't we have this same thing yeah okay yeah and i mean k's a little too far left for my sake but you know <laughs> yeah right yeah. card Crystal, carrying yeah. commie over here <laughs> so if uh first of all no cards but uh yeah if k, if k is enough. quebec and matt is vancouver i'm japan <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing guys okay why i wanted to have you on because a lot of my followers and friends have told me Lou, you need to have a little bit of diversity on your show and talk about certain political issues. And this is the real reason why I want to have you guys on the show. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, okay? You guys are talking, like I said, we did not have any time to speak off air. So everything is live. Everything is being left out on the table tonight. I am a, what I thought at a younger age was the leftist, um, liberal here. And, you know, the, later on, maybe I'd like to talk about the difference between liberalism, conservatism, compared to Canadian and, and, and U.S. But let me, let me put it this way. What, what, what I find myself, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm completely lost. I, I, I don't know where I belong, and I don't think I'm alone here. I don't think I belong on the right. I don't think I belong in the left. I don't even think I belong in the middle. I I'm think I'm just a mishmash of beliefs, whatever comes. And, and I'm almost like I look at myself, I'm like, Luigi, what the hell's wrong with you, man? The fuck you can't figure out what you believe in so i don't know i'm 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 not having you guys on the show tonight to try to help me figure this out but i'm just trying to do the shows to see that all those people that feel lost out there number one and number two that people that have various viewpoints could sit down in this case on Streamyard and have a civil conversation 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's a really fun thought experiment we could do with that one. Because first of all, like not adhering to a specific doctrine is a good thing, first yeah. of all. Yeah, um, allows you, you to know, be more objective for all of them. So yeah, I mean, it's something. It's funny because you know, as, as you know, I am a communist, and fellow communists will ask me like, "Well, what are you? Are you a Marxist? Are you a Leninist? Are you a Trotskyist?" Mm -hmm. It's like, well, first of all, I don't adhere to a single communist doctrine, and that already pisses a lot of people off. Um, the one I do think is the best is Thomas Sankara, which nobody knows about. But mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, it's like I think if you if you lock yourself too much into a dogmatic specific opinion. That's not free thought. That's a religion. Um, so I think, Luigi, if, you're, if your views are all over the place, that means you're someone who is willing to find their personal truth. Whether or not people will disagree with it or not, that's up to them. But if you're willing to find out things you believe in that you think are universally true for yourself in your political spectrum, and you hold to them regardless of what your political party or your peers might think, that's, that's a sign of intelligence. That's independence. That's a good thing. But here, so here's the thing. What if, for example, in the States or even in Canada, that there is no party that I can relate to anymore? Same. That, that, that... Yeah. Same in the US. I don't have a party that I can relate to here. Exactly. Either. Right. <laughs> Especially you guys. You're technically a two party system. I mean, oh, we're. God, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we got four on the national level. We got yeah. five, six, Green Party, whatever, Marijuana Party. But for all intents and purposes, we got two. We got the Liberals and we got the Conservatives. Yep. The NDP never has a chance. The Black Quebecois never has a chance. Don't get me started on that because I'm going to start flipping tables. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm a Quebecois. All right. So, so yeah. Um, so, so, so what happens when, right? So if, if you want, if I want to have my say in things, when I basically, I go vote just because I, okay, let me have my vote. I, I got to participate in this democracy. But really, nothing, no, none of them really deserve my vote or I don't feel like I belong anywhere. So am I really contributing to the system, guys? Yeah, and, and that's a good question to ask. And I got to tell you, I, I feel the same way is not having a party I care about. And again, the Liberal Party in the United States is not truly even a Liberal Party. You know, in Canada, you have, a, you have a liberal party, you have a conservative party. In the United States, we have a conservative party and a fascist party. Um, and so it really doesn't fit anything uh, as far as we're concerned. But first of all, you can vote. You can, you can acknowledge the system is rigged and screwed and that it's a binary stupid decision between choices you don't like. And also simultaneously recognize that voting can still serve good. It can still help people who need it. It can still help systems that need repair. Because, again, you're not just voting for a leader. You're voting for ballot measures and the way things are getting funded. Your voice can still matter. And when it comes to major politicians like the U.S. election, for instance, right, I did did not vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a terrible, awful conservative. That doesn't mean I support Trump. I didn't vote for him either. I voted for a tiny third party candidate. Now, do I recognize that my vote didn't actually push anyone into power? Of course. But I also recognize that my lack of a voice can be heard. And that can mean something that the Democrats don't get my voice just because they're not the fascists. Well said. Well said. Sort of like the, sorry, you want to say something? No, no, I was just, yeah, no. co-signing. That's all. Uh, sort of like, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine actually today, and it's like, it, it's almost as we feel here in Canada, like the lesser of two evils. I hate that I mm -hmm. have to have that as an option. What does it say to us? And you know what I'm afraid of, guys? And and I'd love to feel that sentiment because I see everything is, and I, and I follow U.S. politics, not as much as I do Canadian politics, 
but I do because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what's going on. Um, do you feel, and this is what I'm afraid of is that people are losing faith in democracy in in their voices being heard and feeling alienated, feeling left out and where that could potentially lead to. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of people are and for good reason. Um, we're losing faith in the, 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 you know, in, in the bus driver because he's asleep at the wheel. Uh, we have a political system that does not care about us at this point, you know, and I think both the Canada and the U S are on not the same, but similar trajectories on this matter when it comes to the government growing and no longer caring about popular opinion. And I think that's a worldwide issue. I don't think it's a Canadian issue or an American issue that's happening everywhere. Um, as global as the globalization increases in capitalism, we have governments that become multinational and they stop caring about their citizenry. And I think not supporting something that does not serve you is, first of all, it's the essence of freedom and democracy. Because to say, like, I mean, again, on the record, to be honest, I'm actually not the biggest fan of democracy. But if we're going to say democracy is great and freedom is perfect, then we have to recognize the ability to throw off a government that no longer serves us. I mean, that's what that's what the Canadians did. I mean, the Canadians left the the the, the British Empire for that reason. So did the Americans. I mean, the idea that this government doesn't serve me and I'm going to build one that does is how Western democracy works. We've swayed so far from those days. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, big time. You have, yeah, we have. You, we, you have no idea. And, and I'm talking for Canada right now. I mean, right now, if at this point, I feel like if the government official tells us jump off a bridge, and I don't know, 95% of the population is going to say which bridge. That's, you know, I mean, not, not to say that. I don't know if you guys know what's going on right now with this convoy for freedom. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. I, I have heard about this. Okay. So uh, l- l- this is basically a movement that started with the truckers when our prime minister um, tried to pass a vaccine mandate for truck drivers passing the border. Okay. Within Canadian drivers going into uh, the States, coming back, had to do a quarantine, had to be vaccinated, so on and so forth. I don't know where this started, this this uh, freedom convoy. It started out West. And now everyone, all these apparently is about uh, 50 to 75,000 trucks that are all descending into Ottawa, where our parliament is. And uh, roughly estimates are it's about, I don't know how many, 100 kilometers long this convoy with over 500,000 people that are descending on the national uh, capital uh, and demanding the end of mandates and masks and everything. And as a Canadian, where we are traditionally a very peaceful country, as you guys know, um, as long as you're white. Oh, sure. Uh, (laughs) For sure. Uh, The only one that beats you on worst crimes against indigenous people is us. Oh, no. Yeah. we, We, yeah. You guys, listen. We could take the. That's an, that's another story. I think we would have to have to have you guys back on that for just for another entirely <laughs> our treatment of our indigenous. Um, but that's another story. Like I said, but I've never seen anything like this. Never, and uh, I just think people are completely tired, fed up, and and I wanted to ask you guys why has this this COVID become so political and why is it it's insane i don't know about you guys it's so polarizing i've never seen this i'm 46 i've never seen anything like this in my lifetime never 
Well, I mean, I think in a lot of ways you've seen, um, I mean, this isn't just a single thing that happened overnight. This has been happening for a long time. Now, I think you can point your finger at, at various institutions, but in general, I think Western nations are, are have a growing distrust of science and and uh, experts. In the U.S., that's a big thing. We've, we, we've shifted so hard that anybody that's considered an expert is immediately labeled as elitist and not worthy of trust. Um, so you've got that. There's no faith in, in, in there was no faith in our political system. Now there's no faith in our scientific system either. Um, but we also have politicians that have rushed to pol politicize this issue. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it stopped being about public health and started being about my freedoms, you know. And and again, I, I can't speak to Canada, but here in the U.S., that's always been a problem, you know. Um, the 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 right in general, and again, I'm not going to be here and, and try to demon. I mean, I will try to demonize the right because I think they're awful, but I'm not saying the left is perfect either. But here's the thing: the right wins because they are able to stoke the fires of fear and hatred. And they do that by political. I mean, look at right just recently, we've got Tucker Carlson on Fox News ranting that he can't fap to cartoon M&Ms anymore because one of them doesn't have high heels. <laughs> like that's what he's raging about. And, and again, they're, they're trying to twist that into a larger discussion about woke culture gone too far. But like, that's the basis of what his argument is. is I can't fap to this green M&M anymore because they gave her shoes instead of heels <laughs> and the right just eats it up. And so, you know, the moment th that, right-wing politicians get even an inkling of their base saying that they don't trust this vaccine, they'll jump on it and say, well, if you don't want to have the vaccine, you shouldn't have to have the vaccine. And it's your right to deny the vaccine. And what you've got then is a situation where everybody who lacks empathy, and there's a lot of them, have <sighs> made this about them. You know, when mm -hmm. there's overwhelming evidence that this is safe, effective, and it works, but we can't get it to work because there's 30% to 40% of this country that doesn't want to do it, you know, and when you're, and that's how these issues become politicized. It's, it's really what it is, is politicians, it's one of the things they're good at is they find out what their base is angry about and just keep stoking that furnace. Well, and I also think there's another piece to this as well, because if you remember in the Spanish, well, not if you remember, but anyone who's read about this, <laughs> if, you, if you remember it, then I was there, chat. I was there. Um, but the Spanish flu, you know, 100 years ago, killed a shit ton of people. It was actually more deadly per case than COVID is. Um, and the United States had anti-mask leagues. I don't know where Canada stood on it, but we had the same issue here. And I don't think it's that people are more individualistic than they were 100 years ago. I still think probably the numbers basically are about the same of who's a garbage person with zero empathy and who's not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it, it, there's so there's this theory called the monkey sphere is what it's commonly known as. I don't know what the actual like psychological theory is called, but they were called the monkey spheres. Primates have, uh, depending on their intelligence and species, a certain amount of others they can consider valid alive having mm -hmm. feelings having needs right there is you know th this monkey can have 17 other beings that it can think about when they're not in front of them and they will care about their well-being and that kind of thing and humans have you know it's, it's over 100 but there's only so many people you can actually consider human beings when they're not sitting in front of you um and there's a limit to that and that's kind of one of the problems with a populated world and it used to be that if you were a jackass in your town or your village or your community and you did something super shitty, they would beat you to death and the problem <laughs> was solved. And fear of that kept you in line. And that's where that social contract comes in. But what these people have is I'm the asshole and I don't want to wear a mask. And so rather than 
Well, is this the majority opinion in my community? You can go online. Now there's an online community where you can find a million voices and that becomes your community. Those become the others. That becomes the narrative that you see as a reality. This is where echo chambers come in. Yep. And it's never been like that before. It used to be your belief systems almost were backed up by your community regionally. Now they're online. Everything's international. You can find there's fucking flat earthers who find communities. They're an insane minority. No one people that believe the earth is flat is, is, you know, the same number as lottery winners. But they find this community online and they all start getting into this echo chamber in this repeat cycle. And they believe it. I think that's part of the problem is you had this tiny minority who some are quacks and whack jobs who don't think science is real. They'll go ahead and hop on their satellite connected pocket computer and tell people that science isn't real. And you also have people who are like, I don't care if your grandma dies. I don't want to smell my own breath. Fuck you. And those two people combined found others like them online. And that has allowed that community to grow. Not only do, does it validate their opinion, but I think it helps bring others into that fold because now there's not well, the town constable is going to beat the shit out of me if I kill his grandma. Now it's I can go online to freedom.eagle and talk about how the moon isn't real and how masks are stupid. Yeah, it, 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 it's funny that you say that, Chris, because, you know, one of my favorite comedians, Sebastian Maniscalco, says in one of his stand up routines, says, you know, now every single guy that or every single person that has access to the Internet sitting in their basement, wearing a wife beater, eating, living in their parents' basement and and finding, oh, today I want to wear diapers. Let me go find a group that does this and let's going to go do it with Sally and Pep and Frank on a Thursday night and go down to the rec room and dress up like little baby diapers and like little kids. So this is you see. So so the, the problem here I see is is. How far is this going to go? Because like I said, just to go back to, to, to circle back to what I was saying before is at what point does it become dangerous? Because like I said, I've never seen guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the United States as polarized as, oh, yeah. as, as right now, I've yeah. never seen Canada this polarized ever before. A lot has to do with our prime minister. And let me give you another example, guys, just in case you don't know our, Prime Minister, Liberal Prime Minister, okay, calls this convoy heading to Ottawa uh, a fringe minority with unacceptable views, um, potentially terrorists with dangerous views, and any anti-vaxxer, doesn't matter how you feel about it, says this on a national televised show that the majority of these anti-vaxxers are fringe misogynists and racists now going back to what you were saying before again how dangerous does this become when a politician lo and behold the leader of your country is saying this and they're they're, they're experts at divisive politics so sorry go ahead i was just gonna say that i mean here's the thing is if you want to talk about who's more dangerous justin trudeau isn't out there spreading germs on doorknobs with this rhetoric you have truckers who are gathering in mass for the sole purpose of refusing to use safety equipment. I mean, this is, would you, so what if they wanted to take the brakes off their trucks at that point, would it be dangerous enough? I mean, cause that's the line we need to draw is yeah. it's not Trudeau saying they're terrorists. Cause I hate to break it to you. That's exactly what they are because what is terrorism? Terrorism is using violence or the threat of violence 
to accomplish a fringe political goal. And that's exactly what they are doing. They are gathering in mass in their giant trucks for mm -hmm. the sole purpose of intimidating and forcing. Now, that doesn't even bother me. It's kind of like people talk about the January 6th, you know, riot here in the United States. Mm -hmm. It doesn't piss me off that people stormed the Capitol. It pisses me off that people stormed the Capitol to install a dictator. If they were storming the Capitol to give everyone health care, I'd be into it. But so it's like, I think there's a time and a place for this stuff. But to say who's dangerous here, it's not Trudeau. Maybe well, maybe it's a little exaggerated, but I'm sorry. Are, is it too much of a stretch to say I, these guys are committing kind of an act of domestic terrorism here or I, I at least it it's has, approaching that i think it has a lot to do with what the end goal is like when you do something political what is the end goal of what you're trying to accomplish in this case what they're trying to accomplish is they don't want to wear masks because they don't believe in them they don't want to take a vaccine that could potentially save people's lives they, can, can, can I just just yeah. just I want to put something into context? Sorry, I should have said sure. this before, guys. The vast majority of these truckers are double vaccinated, and as a country, we are ninety percent vaccinated. Absolutely, that is not the point. Okay, what I'm saying is is that it's it's the hyper individualistic view of these people that is dangerous. And even if you're 90%, this is for people coming over the border, isn't it? So this means an unvaccinated, redneck, three-teeth, disease-carrying Americans can come in now and spread it to vulnerable Canadians, people who have compromised immune system, the elderly, people who have massive amounts of comorbidities, who can't even get vaccinated, let alone how Omicron is now cruising through the vaccine. Yeah. So there is harm here. So so it's it's to me, it's it's literally about what's the end goal. You know, it's about well, that's when it becomes dangerous, when your end goal is not just. It, start, it started off, guys, here. It started off as this, okay, you know, mandating the, the truck drivers. But then it, it became more. Now it's become more, and there's, there's, they're going to arrive in Ottawa apparently Saturday morning and over the weekend. Just as of a, let's, enough with the mandates, enough with the, the, the measures, because we've done everything you've wanted us to do. We're over 90%, one of the highest vaxxed countries in the mm -hmm. world. Yeah, you guys are up there uh, with almost Israel. Yes, absolutely. Um, so my question to you guys, without even... Uh, listen, I know we're all burnt. I listened to your, your podcast when you, when you guys talked about COVID. Guys, we're, I know we're all tired, but we're really fucking tired, man. Yeah, like, everybody's I, I, tired. I know, but I want, when does... I mean, when is enough you enough? Guys, you guys are extreme. I mean, you, I know most of your states are open and I look at your hockey reads. I'm a big hockey fan. I look at the arenas and I'm watching. I'm a big Bruins fan. Yes, I'm from Montreal. I'm a Bruins fan. So I, I, I see uh, the Bruins playing Montreal in Boston. It's a full house. They come here in Montreal. There's nobody allowed in the thing. It just nothing makes sense to me, guys. Yeah, when and, is, and we're yeah. dying in record numbers. So, so when is enough enough? Is that the question you're asking? Because in I, my eyes... When enough is enough is when people stop dying. I okay. am okay with wearing a mask as long as people are dying. I am okay with getting as many boosters or shots as necessary, staying in my home and not going out to bars and doing risky things, having risky behavior until people stop dying. And the, the thing is, is that as long as you're going to continue to go out and do those things, you are engaging in risky behavior. You are doing something that is against your own well-being. So and when is enough enough? 
I don't know. For me, it still isn't enough. Yeah. And, and again, what if we take something that's completely harmless and legal, right? It's legal to wear a purple hat in Canada, right? Yeah. Okay. We're all purple hats you want. People wear purple hats. Nothing bad happens. Well, tomorrow something changes in the universe. And whenever someone straps on a purple hat, their likelihood of horribly murdering someone goes up. And at a certain point, after millions have died, the government says, you know what? Until this changes, no more fucking purple hats. And a whole bunch of truckers start fucking crying like children because they can't wear their special purple hats. It's like, well, your purple hat is fucking killing people. And that's the problem. So it's like, yeah, I agree with you. We need to be careful about draconian measures that do infringe on our freedoms. That is a fair point. But, you know, the old saying goes, your freedom to swing your arm stops at my face. And as soon as your freedom impacts the lives, health, and mortality of others, you don't have that freedom. It's legal to go shooting here in the United States. I take my gun, I go to a shooting range. Mm -hmm. It's not legal to do that in a church or in a school or in the street because I will kill someone. And that's the difference. We accept regulations for massive public safety that kills people. I mean, these, again, these truckers have to have their air brakes checked. These truckers have to have pre-trips done on their vehicles. They have to have insurance. They have to have inspections. So we've already said that your freedom to travel can be compromised for public safety. Why is this different? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. The thing is, is that at what point also he, here's the thing. I'm going to come at it as a different angle. Okay. Um, I've seen, and, and I'm talking on a personal level and speaking to people and just the general mental health um, failed businesses, depression, suicides. At what point does these measures and the effects of them override after two years into this? I mean, how I, I see the damage this is doing, first of all, to an entire generation of our children. I got any of you have kids? No. Okay. Matt does. All right. So I got two kids and my kids, thankfully, are doing pretty okay but I've seen how it's affected them. And I have other, other examples of kids that are falling behind developmentally because of masks, because of online learning. And they said that the, the increase of, uh, in the younger children having to wear masks at school all day has increased 300% the, the chances of developmental issues in terms of speech therapy and, and, and all that. So my question is here is, and, and it's been proven by the way, that it's not harmful at all to children here at all this in terms of any of the variants of covid so all of this put together the damage that's been, and it's is it really going to be you know tally they're going to really look at these numbers how much damage is being created by this well, and can't we have can't we have like a middle ground Let's ask two things. First of all, is is because we have something that's subjective, right? The, the emotional damage to children. That's something we can talk about. That, that There's nuance there. But let's talk about fact. No, it, it is quite showing that the Omicron is still far safer for children than adults. But it yeah. is still putting kids in the hospital. And the, hate to break it to you, even if you recover from COVID, your oxygen levels deplete that people are having brain damage. It can be slight, but there are going to be long-term effects of this that we don't quite know yet. And so to say that it's not dangerous at all to children is just factually incorrect. It's far less dangerous to children. That's something we can talk about. But there still is a danger to children. We have kids in the hospital all over this country. But in terms of the nuance of how much is this going to damage our children? Well, how much is it going to damage them when their parents die? 
I mean, you want to talk about a kid having emotional damage because they didn't go to fucking prom. What happens when they're an orphan? Is that less damaging? Well, maybe. I mean, look, I, if I look at the numbers, if I compare them here in Canada, our mortality rate at anybody that's been infected is very, very, very low, Chris. Yeah, because I mean, you have a population that believes in science and medicine. Well, yeah, we have. The thing is, is though he, here, here it is what it is. And like, we're 90% and we're still, we've been one. I mean, Quebec has had curfews, guys. We've been fucking curfewed. Do, let me, I'd rather have a needle shove up my dick than have to go through a curfew again. Guys, it's, it's, it's insanity what's going on. Lockdowns, people losing their businesses. I mean, and we're 90%. I mean, this is what I know here, especially in Quebec, it's it's a very uh, controlled society. But this is what happens when politicians lose their fucking shit or just feel the need that they need to do something. And it's I don't know at what point it's going to get to this boiling point. But so I, guess I, I couldn't disagree with you more because what you're talking about when you say there's this 90 percent vaccination rate, and this low death rate, you're, you're correct. Right. And that's great. But. What you're basically saying is I am tired of doctors prescribing antibiotics because now no one dies of infection. Well, yeah, you've been taking antibiotics. And so because you have all these amazing safety measures, mm -hmm. you guys have a crazy high vaccination, right? You have a really good mortality, right? Like Canada has fared very well. You're not the big is countries like Israel and South Korea. I think are like topping mm -hmm. the list, like Finland and stuff, but a country the size of Canada, because remember the countries that are doing really good are also tiny countries. Canada is yes. a big country with a shit ton of people. So for a country of your size and diversity to be doing, this good is amazing but you're literally complaining about the things that have given you those numbers because when you take those safety wheels off you become america and do you really want what we have because let me tell you we have refrigerator trucks in our hospitals because everyone's dying we don't even have in most in most metropolises they're not even separating the covid and non-covid wars because everyone's dying in the hallways it's like a war here and that's the difference. It's like, yeah, I get you. Businesses are failing. This sucks. It's not fun. And it's not good. It hurts the economy. It hurts people's livelihoods. Yeah. This is a this is a disaster. And it's awful. But at the same time, it's like there's a hurricane happening. Stop complaining about hurricane shelters. And it's going to fade. I mean, if anything has shown us the Delta variant, the Omicron variant, this disease is progressing like many viruses do, like good viruses do much like influenza did, it's going to become more and more transmissible and less and less deadly and life will resume to normal, but it's going to take a little bit more time. And if we can be a little more hands-on about our restrictions and suffer through it, we can save countless lives. And to me, and again, this is an opinion, yep. but to me, nobody's business is worth my loved one's lives. My partner is immunocompromised. If I bring COVID into this house, there's some serious consequences and that's a problem. And I don't care about someone not being able to go to the hockey game. That, that just, those are not equivalent to me. Yeah. I think that's, that's where you have to kind of look at this is like, where do you stand on human life? That that's really what, cause that's what this is about. I mean, you can try to politicize this all that you want, but the simple fact of the matter is if we open up completely, we stop mandating people do this stuff. People aren't going to do it without the, we, we've proven that we've shown that like, yeah. if this has shown us anything, it's that without government intervention, people will not do the bare minimum to keep others from dying. At least not enough people that it matters. And so what I would argue with you, 
it it sucks for Canada, but I would also say part of the reason you're still having to deal with this stuff is because America, your neighbor to the south, can't get its fucking shit together because we've got a problem here too. And that's just it. It's like we can't get the entire planet. We can't even get our own country to get behind this shit, let alone the entire planet. And as long as there are people that are out there that aren't going to listen, as long as this keeps rampaging and raging, as long as there's resistance to to, va- to vaccinating, this is going to keep going. And I think, again, what Chris said is true. I think the reason you guys are doing so well, and you are, I, I actually, it, I'm not going to go into detail, but I work in healthcare. We do COVID huddles every week. Mm-hmm. Our comparative numbers are always the US versus Canada versus the UK. You guys are hands down doing better than I think almost any other Western nation out there. I think Chris said Israel is doing a little bit better. But again, as far mm-hmm. as large nations go, you guys are crushing it. Yeah, And it's because you have these things in place. And I, I get being tired. But these truckers are coming to America where we don't have these things in place. But not only that, they have people that are on the side of not protecting them. They're going to expose themselves to that. And again, I'm not concerned about the truckers. You just said yourself, they're vaccinated. They're going to be fine. But as we know, it doesn't prevent you from spreading the disease. It just no. keeps you safe and out of the hospital. And potentially lessens or eliminates the long-term effects. But those truckers come back and then start spreading it. What about all the people that can't get immunized because they're immunocompromised? What about the children that can't and then are going to spread it? You know, it's, and vaccines aren't hundred percent effective. That's the thing. You can still be vaccinated and die from COVID because it's not going to work every time. This is our best defense. It's the best bet. It's not hundred percent effective, but you know what? Neither is the polio vaccine. Neither, neither is um, the measles vaccine, but you know what? People still take them. You know why? Because it works. And if and you get to a point where nobody, wherever you, where enough people are vaccinated, you kill the disease and stop it from spreading. And you can't send your kid to school without giving them basic immunizations. No, for sure. But I, what, what I'm trying to say here is that, so you guys have said all this, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess what we're, we're trying to say is we've done all this. We've have all this protection yet we're still locked down. We're still feeling our business. So we've done everything. We've done everything. It's it's not like we're, we're you know, 10% of our population is missing, is missing uh, vaccines. We've done everything we needed to do, but yet we're still here. We're still stuck. That's, I, 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 I mean, there's, there's no, I, I don't think there's any wrong or right here, but I'm just trying to make you guys maybe try to understand how we as a country are feeling and that I guess these truckers took it upon themselves to pass this message that we've done everything. We're, you've Skype said it. We're one of the most vax, highly vaccinated countries in the world, but yet we still can't literally do anything. Yeah. And, yeah. and, so, that's, and that's frustrating. And it sucks. And it's not good. But it's like, again, if there's a fire rampaging through the neighborhood, maybe you were smart. You turned the power off to your house. Maybe it's electrical surge going through, right? So you've killed your power and you hose down your house and you have done everything. And 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 again, if we're going to compare this to houses, you know, the United States is spraying beer all over the place and lighting mm-hmm. matches, but Canada has done the smart thing. They've turned off their power. They've watered down the house. And you're saying, look, I've done everything. When do I get to go back inside, turn the power on and watch my hockey game? When does this get to happen for me? Because I've done everything right. Mm-hmm. And again, people in the United States are feeling that because this country's polarized. Half of this country has done everything right, and we are suffering the consequences. We are literally dying because these idiots won't go get vaccinated, won't even do the bare minimum. So I understand that frustration. You know, what you're feeling towards us is what we feel towards the other half of us. But 
at the end of the day, the fire is still cruising through the neighborhood. You have to wait till the fire's out. And it's going to be another year or two till this is really at like an influenza level where we can actually. And again, this is what immunologists are saying. Who knows? COVID could change radically for the better or worse months from now. It could be done or yeah. it could be or we could have a zombie apocalypse. Who fucking knows? But the point is. The fire's not out yet. So no, because the neighborhood is still burning down because your neighbors are idiots. You have to keep the power off. We're not there yet. And there is a, even though you've done everything right. And that's the problem with doing everything right. Is when you're the one who's doing it right, which Canada has been, you tend to be the one who has to suffer the most, but you're suffering the most in frustration. Yeah. We're suffering the most in death. And I think everyone's paying a price for this and it's not fair. Canada should not be paying the price for the misdeeds of the United States and other countries because in all, all you guys have done it right and you shouldn't have to be. Um, but that's where we are. It doesn't, it, because something's not fair, doesn't change the reality of it. And the reality of it is the fire is still going. So you can't turn your power back on yet. Well, I got a hypothetical question for you. Sure. Let, let's say, okay, so let's say, this big protest ekes out a result and there's a compromise. And the compromise is this. Okay, because Canada's done their due diligence, we're going to shut down our borders completely. So there's not going to be any international travel for anyone. It's all going to be in-house. But the plus side is there's no more mandates and you guys get to walk around and do whatever you want. All right. Do you think your economy is going to survive that? No, we've already tried no. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what we have here is a situation where even though you're doing it right, you are dependent on that international travel, but that international travel opens you back up. So let's say you get everything you want, everything opens up completely, and then your numbers spike, and all of a sudden, and again, I'm, 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 it's hypothetical, but what happens if you guys then all of a sudden have the highest death toll of any nation in the world? Is it then like, oh, I wish we had listened to them, or is it like that's acceptable for me to go out and have a good time? Because again, I'm taking this to the extreme, but that's where our thought process is. We're mm -hmm. For us, it's it's a judgment call on what is going to preserve the most life, the most quality of life as well. And again, for us, missing a few hockey games and having to manage being at home all the time is a small price to pay. Even if that, even if I found out that me staying at home saved the life of just one person, I, I wouldn't care. It's worth it to me. That, that's the thing. It don't it doesn't matter to me. And I'm going to speak for Chris and Kay here, but I don't think it matters to them either. If our actions save the life of you and one person, it then ends up being worth it because nobody should have to die needlessly. And that's the other thing too. It's part of the reason that informs our leftism is not just for COVID, but people all over the world are dying from starvation and there's no reason for it. We produce enough food in this country to feed every living being on it. And we don't. And that, and that's kind of the, like, that's where our, our, Endgame comes from. This is where this is what we're weighing. It's like we want the most people to live possible that can possibly live. It doesn't matter what relation they are to us. If we don't know them, it doesn't matter. If we can prevent people from dying, we want to do that. How do we do that? Okay, we're being told that the way to do that is to go on lockdown, vaccinate, and wear your mask. So we're we're all doing that. But then as we're doing that, we're watching all these other people that are like, nah, it doesn't matter to me if some other person that I don't know dies because I don't want to wear a mask. But it gets even worse than that because then they come up with all these other reasons that we all know aren't true to not wear the mask because they don't want to admit that they'd rather see people die. Like, oh, I can't breathe. And, oh, I don't trust the science. You know, it's like you got people like Joe Rogan, you know, saying he doesn't know what's inside the vaccine. And then he goes when he gets COVID, he goes and gets 
shot up with every fucking drug there is to fight the fucking COVID. I guarantee you, Rogan has no clue what they pumped into his system or what it is or how it's made to get over COVID. But a guy who's had no problem dumping DMT and steroids into himself. Yeah. Well, yeah, not not many of us do anyway. But here, here's the thing. Here's uh, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to look at this uh, the the most simplistic way. (laughs) Can't can't we try to look this on? an individual's right or an individual's responsibility to make their own decision on what is right for them. So hear me out. Let's say if you are uh, uh, an immune compromised person, so so, like Chris's uh, girlfriend or wife, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Uh, My wife as well. Uh, She has asthma as well. Um, And she decides she's decided she, and she's a teacher on top of that. All right. So she takes all the, the security measures and she decides to limit the people she sees as I do. I, I'm careful. I don't go everywhere. I always have a mask on. I decide where I go. So my question is, why can't an individual have the right to basically risk whatever they want to do in their life, going to a restaurant, being careful as much as they can, but if they feel that they're healthy enough and that they could want to go on with their life why do we have to stop all of society and not give the individual the right to do this because they're not because they're not just risking their own life they're risking anyone else that they potentially come in contact with Mm -hmm. if in fact that they are infected with covid asymptomatic and don't know it Okay. That's well, the and, problem. So that, if and I have COVID and I go over to your house and I say, no, 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 I'm good. I don't have COVID. And you're like, okay, that's cool. Come on in. And I get you sick and your wife sick. Is that my fault now? Or is it your fault? And, and again, well, it's, we already live, we've already accepted that there are limits on our personal freedom, right? So like freedom of speech, for instance, here in the United States, there are limits on that. You can't go into a crowded theater and yell fire because it could cause a stampede and someone could die. So yep. we already, we already live in a world where we accept that there are limits on what we can and can't do. This is nothing new. The problem is, is that this is going long-term and people are getting annoyed. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden it's about freedom. And again, you're talking about it's this age-old argument. Well, what about my personal freedom? You're right. You have personal freedom, and you, as an individual, may be doing everything you right. But again, you can't trust that the person next to you is going to do it, or the person next to them. And but, but here's the thing. Hold on, Matt. I made the decision to go. Out. If I if I go out and I get someone sick, that person has made that decision to go out. If what if that they, person's working and they don't have a choice, and this is the only way they can pay well, their rent and survive, and you're infecting a waiter? Or a grocery uh, store worker. But that's that I understand that. But isn't that come down to their decision that they need to work? And it's my decision that I want to no, go. No, out? no, no. I, I have to work. Yes. Otherwise, I don't get to eat. Yes. I have to work. I or don't I get will to die. pay my rent. Okay. I yeah, don't get is... to, to do any of those other things. I can either go to work, be essential, do my job, potentially get infected by some other person that doesn't care about anyone else other than themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the one who has to pay that price. Yeah. Now, if you're talking I'm about paying the price of so my own here's health, the thing. I just, because I just, you didn't want to continue to keep me safe. So here's the thing: I want to. So if that person does get sick because they have to go to work, they can't work from uh, as a waiter at home. Like, like, luckily, I am able to work from home. Mm-hmm. 
so what's he then he doesn't work then he still can't pay the rent yeah because there's not yeah, inv- so, but, so, so, but i so, could have paid the rent if you'd have wear if you'd have worn your mask and not infected me yeah okay, if you so had worn your mask that, in it but and gotten vaccinated saying. and done everything and not gone out as much again if if we can restrict travel and going to nightclubs and going to sporting events because i'm sorry it's like yeah i get it dude i'm a football fan i mm-hmm. get it but no we shouldn't be going to crowded arenas okay but that spreads we, disease let's regardless of freedoms to, it kills people I, I i agree with you on that point but let's go back to the waiter here if okay. i've if, if i've I've made the decision. I go out. I'm careful. I wear my mask like we've had to do when the restaurants were open here. And by the way, Monday, they are opening mm-hmm. at 50% capacity with uh, face masks and everything, uh, all the mm-hmm. sanitary measures. Sure. So it, I have to follow the rules. I have to go to a restaurant and I'm I'm careful. Mm-hmm. But I know that waiter has to go to work. So he's yeah. he's... So here's my thing, though. If he can't work, so if I can't go to a restaurant and he can't work and he can't pay the rent and the government certainly doesn't take care of you. Yeah. What, 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 is, is, is the cure any better than the disease in this case? No, we should have the government paying people to stay home right now and let science figure out the goddamn cure like at the end of the day we have the money for it the u.s's military budget could could fund the whole planet to sit home and jerk off on xbox for a hundred fucking years um so the money's there the it's it's the will is not and so if we're going you know you want to talk about personal freedoms you don't need to go to a restaurant you want to go to a restaurant and you Mm -hmm. should have the freedom to go to a restaurant but if the restaurant's on fire you might want to change your plans and that's kind of sure. where we are. Is the, the employee that you interact with, what if they can't get, what, what if they're immunocompromised? What if their kids are immunocompromised? You know, that's the thing is we have jobs that we don't have a choice. Some of us can work from home. Some of us cannot. I can't do my job from home. Neither mm-hmm. can I. Yeah. And I don't have a choice. Um, and I, I got, you know, and there's no other, I have to pay, I have to pay my bills. I have to buy food. I, I, I need to pay car insurance. Like I have bills that now allow me to survive. This isn't about wants or needs. And so that's the problem is you, you making that personal decision. That's fine. And that is your personal freedom as long as it doesn't affect anyone else. And if you lived in a server, private server world where it was just you, and it was only robots at the restaurant. I'd say, open up that restaurant, do it because you're not putting anyone else at risk and you're allowed to risk your own life as much as you want. I think seatbelt laws are stupid because you should have the right to not wear a seatbelt. If you don't want to, you shouldn't have to wear a helmet, but you know, if you want to be drunk, go ahead. And if you're the only person on the entire farm, I don't have a problem with you drunk driving, but if you're driving through the city, you're not allowed to. Of course. If, well, you have the you have the right to travel, but you need a driver's license because you'll kill someone. And that's where we're at is this harms people. Do, do you do you see do you guys see uh not an end but uh this division uh whether it be in in your country and my country um this division getting back to normal? I mean, how, where do you guys see this going? And, and I'm, what do you I'm mean not, by division? Do you mean by COVID or do you mean like the political division going no, on in the I'm world? Talking, I'm talking in general. I'm talking in general more on the political side here uh, because yeah. it, it obviously it's it's streaming into, into COVID because everything yeah. is politicized. Yeah. So, you know, 
I'm 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 really afraid. I'm really afraid for the future, guys. I'm I'm not gonna lie. You know, there was rumblings. You know, you know the Americans look like they're uh, you know one step away from civil war. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's you where know, we go. Uh, so so yeah. So how absurd that sounds. Sorry, but uh, yeah, no, I'm it's just, not. I'm just no. I, I know, but I'll be honest with you guys. I have a 12 and an eight year old, soon to be nine, and and I'm afraid what world I'm mean, these kids are gonna grow up in. Yeah. I, look, I look. I have a four-year-old and I have another one that's due literally in three weeks. Um, I'm, I, I feel the ex- thank you. I feel the exact same uh, terror that you do, especially because my wife is Hispanic and my son is brown skinned. Like it's obvious that he is not a white male and I don't know what kind of world we're living. Now we live in Southern California. It's pretty blue here. He's generally probably going to be pretty safe. But still, there's all the, this division is not sustainable because what we've gotten to a point, and again, I'm not going to speak to Canada, but at least here in the U.S., we have, and I've spoken about this before, we have this never-ending cycle of Republicans electing a fascist dictator to office, that fascist dictator doing what fascist dictators do, and the left absolutely freaking out. And then four years pass, and the, the Democrats come in and campaign on this, this idea of we got to get rid of this guy. Just vote for us and we'll fix everything. Just vote for us. And what did the Dems put up? They put up a center-right corporate shill that doesn't really have any interest in fixing everything. Hmm. He's a conservative just like any Republican is. Who's done a worse job than Trump did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like much literally. Worse. Much yeah. worse. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and he does nothing. And the Republicans latch onto that like it's the thing to do because it is fire up their base, and they get another fascist dictator in. And it's just rinse and repeat. Meanwhile, you've got us on the left, and this is where we say there's a difference between leftists and liberals, because liberals are the ones voting in Joe Biden. Leftists are the ones saying, no, this guy's not going to fix anything. Don't vote for him. Vote for actual leftists. And Uh, and it's we've gotten to a point where it's basically fascism versus everyone else in this country, because ultimately the Dems... Uh, whether they're fascist or not doesn't matter because they support fascism. They they do. They enable it. But and I don't think that's sustainable. It, it's it, going to lead to one thing: either fascist. We have a fascist takeover of this country, which bleeds over into others, or there's an actual revolution and we and we take the country back. But, but this is global. This is absolutely yeah. global. This oh, is totally. you know again, you know, and, and we talked earlier. Well, what's the difference between like a, a liberal and a leftist and a conservative? And you can break mm-hmm. it down really easily. You know, a conservative is someone who fears change and typically sits at the height of privilege, or is someone who simply identifies with those who sit at the height of privilege, and they don't want to lose said privilege. You have liberals who want typically systematic and toothless reform, but they want it moving in the right direction. And they will especially go out of their way to support causes that they personally identify with. Mm-hmm. And that is it. It's, they yeah, will it's support that co- of like a liberal wants a... Well, hold on, hold uh, on. It, sorry, it's, go ahead. They, they will support a cause they believe in. So some liberals will say the homeless, they really care about homeless people, but they won't give a shit about racial violence. Or someone will say, I really care about the poor but they won't care about a woman's right to choose or anything else. Or some liberal will say, well, I really care about gay rights, but they don't do shit about police violence. And it's that's, they will pick a pet cause or two. And like Matt was saying, there's that thing that, you know, a, a conservative wants a homeless gay person to die because they're gay and a liberal wants them to die because they're homeless, you know? <laughs> and, the, and in America, liberals pick up the causes of like LGBTQ rights to an extent, because man, trans rights have really shown who the jackass liberals are. But, that's the difference. Whereas an actual leftist, a socialist, a communist, an anarchist, 
people who are very far left will champion whoever is the oppressed. And that's the difference is it's not who is my favorite person at the table. It's who's getting their ass kicked and who is the per who is the group that is being oppressed by a privileged majority. So aren't we just going around in circles, guys? Because basically no no certain party or certain beliefs are going to believe in all those things in terms of rights for, for transgender, rights for... Communists uh, do. You will not find a communist who thinks that gay people and transgender people and poor people and homes... You will not find a communist or a... And when I say a socialist, I mean like a Marxist socialist, not a mm -hmm. democratic socialist. You will not find one of those. You're not going to find a left-leaning anarchist who doesn't no. believe in all of those things. You'll find centrists, you'll find liberals, you'll find conservatives who who go back and forth, but you will not find anyone who's far to the left who does not agree in liberation down the line for all. So, which is why we're a minority. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, for sure. I mean, but see that's the thing. I mean, um so what is what is the, the the difference here in terms of like what what are the chances of America moving into this you know away from this two party system right now and some other why is it we still stuck in this gutter guys that you oh only we have... will we will get rid of this two party system and I think it'll happen unfortunately possibly in our lifetimes because we are going to move to a one party system. Um, I really worse. hope Jesus Chris yeah. you're really you're really a uh, pessimist uh i this is this is how history works man um the, the writing is on the wall this is what we have become we've become a jingoist ultra nationalist nation and a culture okay. um canada has luckily so far been able to not follow in these footsteps and i hope they continue to change um and i hope canada stays i i can i'm actually a very big fan of canada um mm -hmm. I, I like canada i think canada is a good nation i think it's a good culture i think again we talked about native rights like i don't think canada is perfect but um no. you know as an american i'm not allowed to bitch about anything canada does <laughs> um you know it, no. it, we, we win the shithead olympics by far yeah. um I, I like Canada, especially as an alternative to the United States. It's like Canada is kind of like what the United States should be doing, and it's not. Um, so Canada is a place where democracy is still alive. Uh, the United States has lost it by far. You know, again, we are a country who literally almost lost our democracy on the 6th because a thousand people were pissed their dictator didn't win. Like, I mean, and the police didn't give a shit. Everyone stood down. I mean, can, can you imagine... Can you imagine if a thousand people stormed the Canadian capital? Well, uh, you think they, you think they would have gotten in and gotten to steal everything, and and the and the, and the police would have just backed down and cried, and it's, no, or taken selfies with them? You think Canadian capital police would have taken selfies with domestic terrorists who were storming the capital? No, that no, wouldn't happen. Have. That wouldn't happen. But you know what? No, I'm, I'm really anxious. I'm really anxious to see what's going to happen Saturday. But that's. Um, we'll that see. remains to be seen. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you guys should be watching that because uh, I don't know what's going to come of this. But anyway, like the writing is on the wall and this is who America is becoming. And we've talked about this before and the United States was not ready to become a civilized nation yet. We just weren't. The, the United States is a backwater, right-wing, crazy, religious, theocratic, redneck nation of idiots. That's who we always were. And then we happened to get in at World War II and be separated by oceans that were safe, and we became this economic and war powerhouse out of nowhere. And I have, I've said it before, I equate it to a kid who found his dad's gun. 
that was us. All of a sudden, we ramped up our steel production and invented nukes, and America just claimed dibs on the ocean, and mm. we took over the world. And it's not going to last. And that's because we have not become a culture that can. You know, Canada has evolved into a culture that can handle civilized democracy. The United States never had to learn those hard lessons yet. We were too, you know, again, we were young, but so is Canada. But it's a different culture. Canada wasn't founded on a theological, uh, you know, a theological fascist dictatorship where the United States was. Hmm. And. Again, it's just we're not there and we never had that. And so the United States will collapse and we are we're seeing the beginning of it now. The United States will absolutely collapse under its own weight. And we're probably going to look a lot more like Russia um, when the Soviet Union collapsed, where the rich and powerful and the mobsters will take over. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned it before, right, Chris? King Bezos. That's what will happen. Yeah, what you said it before, right? History always tends to repeat itself, and every great empire came to an end. Uh -huh. I don't, I don't wish it for you guys, but um, I do. I mean, it needs to. It's good for the world. We, we're destroying the planet. Yeah, we are. Well, I mean, th I think we we just collectively are. I yeah, think but... we collectively are. I mean, insatiable needs for. I think we're too many. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we're too many on the planet. Number one, uh, the way we treat this planet is 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 deplorable, beyond deplorable um yeah and i think you do need some sort of i don't know i don't know a change in mindset but i don't see that happening i don't see yeah. that happening at all i agree with you and even on the cultural note something i want to point out is that you've mm -hmm. got this big protest happening right and, and and again the mentality is similar to what we have here in the states it's this idea of like we've done everything that we we, we need to do we're tired of of these mandates and everything right so that that's the main thing you're going to find similar sentiments here on the left but you know what you're not going to find in the population here that that voices those sentiments, you're not going to find 90% vaccination rates. Yeah. And and that's the cultural difference there. It's like where where they'll share similar ideas and arguments, you guys are at least putting your money where your mouth is. The, these truckers, if they're 90% vaccinated, them, they're, them as a group alone is outpacing the U.S. as a whole. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's... That's, I think, a, a very minor thing, but it speaks to the cultural differences Chris was talking about. It's like, I think, I almost, again, I, I don't agree with them doing it, but I can almost understand why they're they're fighting it because you guys have been doing the work, you know? And, and, I, and, and it is it is unfair to ask for you guys to keep doing the work when everybody else isn't. But you know what? If you don't, then everybody else is just going to swallow you guys up along with us. Like the, the problem is, is our country is going to take you out with us if you let it. Well, it you, really will. But, yeah, and you don't want to be us. You're better yeah, than us. Stay better yeah, than us. Well, but you know what, guys? Even even on uh, on a provincial level in Quebec, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, our, our premier in in our province, because each is sort of like equivalent to your governor. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Our premier basically doesn't want to know anything doesn't want to he, complete lockdown despite quebec as a whole having a super super high vaccination rate and he kept on making his promises you're going to get your freedoms back once we reach to 80 percent vax then he moves it to 85 to 90 then nine uh nine uh, what 95 hey man come on are you fucking serious well, let me like, let me ask you a question so okay you, but, you see because, sorry go ahead no i just one last thing is because it, it's funny what what matt said because like so now 90% of us can't fucking do anything because 10% of you don't want to go get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't yes, know, guys. But I, you need to not be mad at Trudeau. 
you need to be mad at those 10% of idiots who are acting like Americans. Oh, I'm mad at Trudeau for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> As you, you should. Fair and enough. And you're allowed to be mad at him. Moron. But you should and also be mad at that 10%. Trudeau deserves criticism. To big get time. vaccinated. But, but let me well, ask you a quick question here. Um, you know, again, flat earth conspiracy, right? My biggest problem with the flat earth conspirators. Why? The earth is, is not flat? um but the biggest problem with the flat earth conspiracy is like if you have that like you can have a conspiracy theory about anything but there needs to be someone who profits and that's the part that always bothers me well the earth is flat the government nasa and the whole world is lying to you and it's like okay why for what reason like rand mcnally is paying off the world like (laughs) the globe manufacturing (laughs) industry is doing this like give me a fucking break right you know and that's the problem that's where it really falls apart it's the same thing with this like these mass mandates it's like if we only look at it as a how does this affect my personal liberties as a citizen it's a valid argument because these are major draconian um uh restrictions on your liberty and i'm not going to deny that they're not However, if we widen the picture, but why? And it's literally just trying to stop innocent people from dying. And it's temporary. And if we can temporarily, and again, I agree with you. And this this is where the government has screwed up is there needs to be, you, know, you keep saying they keep moving the goalposts, yeah. but they're moving the goalposts with science and statistics. Now, the second that changes, I will pick up a torch and join you, you know, but as long as that's going with the world immunization of science, on what these goalposts need to be to save the most amount of lives in a temporary global plague i'm I'm okay i'm okay with sacrificing my liberties if it saves innocent lives and it's only a short-term thing so if this has to go on for another year or two and thousands live again i'm I'm okay with that i'm at peace with that Mm -hmm. um we we you know what I you know what I love about having these discussions is that we could always agree to disagree on a few Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And that's the name of the show, of course. But um But you're arguing in I, good faith. That's the thing, is even though you disagree with us, you are not making a bad faith argument. You have a difference of opinion and it's founded in an informed way and it's I, never meant as a personal attack. It's like, never. hey, I disagree and here's why. And I'm interested in why you disagree with me. And that's yes. a good faith argument. We yes. can have this all day long. 100%. I can talk. I have no problem with someone Happily. disagreeing with me. What I have a problem with is when someone is basically disagreeing for the purpose of disagreeing, of disagreeing. or know, they're making a bad faith argument about something else. They're straw manning, but you're not w- w- your side. People who believe like you do, and I disagree, and everyone is coming from a place of legitimacy, and that's fine. That's okay. That's great. We should have more conversations like that. Yeah, I, 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 I truly believe that because if, if I've always said the reason why I started this podcast is to speak to people that think differently from me. I only stand to learn, you know, uh, here, a big thing in Quebec is, is language issues, right? So I want to talk, I want to talk to separatists. I want to understand why they're, they're separatists and why they believe Quebec should be their own country. If I don't, I'm never going to understand them. And so who the fuck am I to tell them how they should think or what they should do? Same thing. Like, why do you guys think the way you do? And this is the whole purpose of podcasting and have these long conversations. I mean, because it's so easy to point the finger and say, fuck you. You're an anti-vaxxer. You're an idiot. You don't know nothing. You're this, you're that whatever um i think it's it's very important i think it's very important i think there's not enough of it and and that's what i find 
the saddest because I see the state of the world that now friends can't even have civil conversations, family members can't even have civil conversations. It's 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 something else. It's I don't know if you guys see the same thing. I oh, yeah. find I find absolutely it really, really sad. Same, same I, exact I, thing. Happening. I personally know people who are alienated from their families because of this. Yeah. It, it makes no sense, guys. It really. Yeah. It, think about it. But that's the difference in the argument. See, you're coming with this, and and we we all agree on what reality is, right? Yes. The thing is, we agree that science exists and it's real. We agree yes. that medicine exists and it's real, and we agree that protecting fellow humans is real and a good thing. Mm-hmm. These are things we disagree we agree on, and so what we are disagreeing on is the nuance of where do we find that balance of 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 me- of you know freedom infringing and public safety, and that's a conversation worth having. That's a good one. But the thing is, if we're not agreeing that science is real we can't have any other conversation i think that's the difference is you you come on here you're an intelligent informed person who wants to discuss nuance and you have the same goal you want to increase the public good we may have different ways of going about that but at the end of the day both of us want a happy healthy society and when one person doesn't want that when one person wants a terrible right-wing white supremacist fascist dictatorship you have to start a podcast called the alt-left because you live in a hellhole but sometimes we get to talk to people like you who actually give a shit about making a better society and that nuance that's a good conversation absolutely i gotta find someone i gotta do you guys know if there's an alt-right podcast i gotta find them oh there you go yeah oh yeah throw a stone uh, bro uh you're not gonna find an intelligent conversation out of them though okay well like we might have the conversation off air, but sorry, go <laughs> ahead, Kay. No, no, I was just saying, uh, go ahead and throw a stone because you'll hit five or six of them, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'll you, like, you're getting a Canadian's view of American politics as someone who lives here, even in the most liberal areas. Like, I got to tell you, it is terrifying. This oh nation is devolving quickly, and we are looking at the same, th- we, are, we are looking at history from 100 years ago, and it's really scary. I, it is. I just find that, yes, we are a, a young country here in Canada. The thing is, is that what I'm scared is that there's sentiments coming out. And, you know, you had this prime minister has had three mandates in a row that he's won, but yet everybody hates him. So which means doesn't make sense to me. It's re, it's actually pretty it, it's it's I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. The guy's won three mandates in a row. How has he managed to win that? Number one three in a row where literally everybody cannot s- literally stand the sight of him. And, and I've, I've never been so embarrassed to be in a, a Canadian on the world forum, the way this moron represents us. Um, hey man, we got Trump. So it's like, at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, like I, I feel you, but like, look who we just got rid of, and then let's look who, look who we got in his yeah, place. All right, all right. Yeah. And it's just like so, Biden's got a thirty percent approval rating, and he won the election. And guess what? If Trump came back, he would win the next one. The the fear of the other is a powerful tool, guys. Can I? I just I want to end it on this, guys. And and honestly, this comes from a a a, a good place within my heart. Mm-hmm. Is Biden okay? Like I'm no, I'm, no, honestly, not I'm, even. I'm, 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 and I'm not even. I don't care if I'm genuinely. How was this man still? I mean, he didn't st- want to be president. Like I, I know, no. but he, he guys, has no interest in being. He's president. compromised. It's horrible yeah. to yeah. watch. Oh yeah, it's 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 awful. So like Chris actually had a good analogy. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. Biden is 
to Dems what Bush Jr. was to Republicans. He's kind of an incompetent dolt that's got a lot of good handlers that are running things behind the scenes. And uh, does he have good handlers though? Well, good in, in good in good in that <laughs> they're, they're keeping him upright. No, Not that they're good at managing running the country, but it, at keeping him upright. Um <laughs> It's not uh, hard. I mean, we can earn his exactly. Yeah, exactly. But like, but again, but we also have a problem too. It's because for all the raging that liberals did against Trump and the Trumpers, they're just as dogmatic about supporting Biden. They refuse to see any, like we argue more with liberals, liberal Democrats than we do with right wingers because they refuse to like, we had, Chris, you saw it. The, the thing I got into last night, like I posted a, a thing on our Twitter that was just basically basically just kind of a bullet points of things that have like, we still have kids in cages. Like we're a hundred seconds to midnight on the nuclear clock. Uh, you know, we still haven't gotten, uh, it's um, the vote blue, no matter who yeah. crowd. If you're yeah, not but, with us, you're against us. Yeah. Well, that's just it. So I posted that really quickly and some guy started just like, you're just a GOP shill. And this is a guy that in his bio has, I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican. I'm just this, this, and this. And it's just like, even the people that want to present themselves as, either in the middle or outside of this two-party bullcrap, will rush to defend Biden because even the left buys into the right-wing rhetoric that he's some leftist extremist or that he's some socialist, but he's not. Well, and something you know, I want... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go, no, no, you're good. You're, that was uh, to, to answer that question of, is Biden okay? What I really think has gone on here is you had, you know, again, the right wing has lost its mind because it has in most of the world. The U.S. has led the charge. But let's yeah. face it, this is happening all over Europe. This is happening everywhere. You have crazy neo-Nazi fascist right wingers. I mean, look what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, Russia's going to invade the Ukraine. It's like, OK, but the reason why they are is because the United States is still a fascist dictatorship in 2014. And they're really tired of Nazi terrorists on their border. And it's like, well, I don't like Russia. But I get it. And that's the thing is, so we have a right wing that's completely gone off the rails, right? Nero is playing the fiddle or while Rome burns. Yeah. And you have the Democratic Party who doesn't like that, but they have corporate donors they need to appease. And you have people like Bernie Sanders saying, hey, maybe we should be a little bit more like Canada. And that cannot be allowed to stand. Not in, not in, not in freedom, eagle, big dick America. And so <laughs> what did they do? They go, well, who could, who could possibly win this? Um uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, people, people remember him. It's nostalgic uncle Joe. Remember that guy who was funny and, and he was Obama's wingman and we'll just bring, we'll wheel him out and poor, poor, you know, poor Joe Biden was sitting at home going, ah, remember when I used to be able to be racist? No one cared. And, <laughs> and they went in and they went, no. And they smacked him over the head and they dragged him out and they said, you will be fucking president because we can't let that goddamn moderate Bernie Sanders win. And no, they dragged him out and forced him. And he was like, fine. And so he did it for the good of the party because he's old school and he believes in all these old things that are outdated and no longer function. Remember, this is the same guy who didn't want school integration because he didn't want it to be a racial jungle. That's Joe fucking Biden. Okay. And quotes, yeah, <laughs> yeah and they no, dragged and they dragged him out and forced him into it. So what you have is an old man whose brain isn't working so hot anymore, who's literally got a gun in his back, and they're saying you will be president for four years, and if you die, at least you put a woman of color below you, it's, and that's what you got. And 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 it, you know what? We got what we got. And she and she went to school in Montreal, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, here's. You want an, a Canadian perspective, okay, on looking at this man standing up there 
literally suffering through dementia or God knows whatever the fuck else is going through in that brain. And you have the rest of the world. And, you know, I, I know you guys are going to laugh at this, but obviously the rest of the world looking at here is the most powerful nation in the world, the beacon of, of, of democracy and, and freedom. And, and this is the best they could do. Oh yeah. I, I imagine to the rest of the world, it's like watching a monkey look down the barrel of a shotgun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is. It really is. I, yeah, and man. I, every time I see it, I can't believe it, Chris. I, I really can't. Yeah, trust. I'm in the middle of it, and it's hard. I know you guys are, and you, you have to look at it this I, just the same way. I wake up every morning, and I'm like, "How is Justin Trudeau my prime minister?" But you know, it, it's. But this is just. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day. It's fucking. We live in some interesting times. Jesus yeah. Christ! I got one question before you go. As go a Canadian, ahead. I have a question for you. Go ahead. What is the per person ratio? How much maple syrup do I have to put into a truck to get over the border? Like, if I want to come and live in Canada and actually get socialized medicine and a country that doesn't want to nuke our enemies, if it's two of us and a couple of cats, like, like one U-Haul full of maple, would that cover it? Because yeah, yeah, you, you, I just you know need to north, man. Chris, you know what, man? If you could fill up a truck, a tanker truck with maple syrup. By the way, Quebec makes the best maple syrup. I've actually heard um, that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's literally liquid gold. I mean, there was one of the one of the. Uh, I think they hit a few years back. They hit a, a warehouse. I heard uh, about this. Oh yes, yeah. I heard about yeah. that too. Yeah, I remember I, that. I couldn't it, believe it. They disappeared. It was worth millions, guys. Yeah. And they said that it was overseas. It was gone. Like not even in the states. It was gone overseas. Yeah. And I think they hit on the same night three. Um, Oh my God! What's the Irabelis? And I say it in French, but uh, basically three um, uh, producers mm -hmm. in the country mm -hmm. at the warehouses. Three of them the same night gone, emptied, not even a fucking drop of maple syrup. It's liquid gold outside of Canada. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's that, that's what that's matters. Crazy. So like like a U-Haul, like like a little one, or I'd have to get one of the big ones. No, because <laughs> <laughs> I know with a, I know with a, with a small you know barrel I could get over the border, but I need cities. I need papers. Depends. You can need your vaccine passport right. too. I'll hit you up off the air because I'm sure you know we've got guy. those. Oh well, I got I got I got vaccines. I just need to go get some maple syrup. I can do this. Yeah, I, I got my vaccine passport too. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> uh, guys, I wanted to say uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I enjoyed the the chat and. Um, you know, like I said, I wish that there was more of these conversations and um, that's it. Just, you know, be open minded, guys. If anybody watching this or listening to this, just be open minded. Don't don't call anybody names because they think differently from you. They don't listen, guys. I didn't I didn't agree with some of the stuff the guys had to say, but I, I'm listening and I might even think twice about something else. And I have. Maybe I'll look at it a different way. That's all I'm saying, guys. I'm not saying you're not on the left, you're not on the right, you're not right, or you're not wrong. You just have to listen and just be kind to each other. That's all. Guys, where can... Um, it's going to be in the show notes anyway, but where can they find you guys on social media and what's coming up with you guys? Matt. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. That's kind of your uh, job. Matt's bro. our media guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come okay. on, Matt. So, all right. Um, so you can find us. So email is the outlet podcast at uh, gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the outlet pod. Uh, we're on Facebook at the outlet pod. Uh, we're even on Reddit under the outlet three. 
Uh, we do episodes every single Monday. We're on pretty much any platform you can find us. All you have to do mm -hmm. is search for the Alt Left Podcast, and we'll come up. Like we'll be the like an entire Google page of searches if you look for cool. us. And if you go um, to our Instagram or our Twitter, we have a link tree, and you can find yeah. it everywhere on our link tree. I put yeah. it. It's already in the show notes. It'll awesome. be on the show notes as well. And uh, actually, this is going to be on uh, YouTube. Uh, actually, we were live on Twitter tonight as well. So this is something new. This is pretty cool. We were actually on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube tonight. And awesome. of course, it's going to be available as a podcast uh, after on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your thing. Um, so, for guys, us. thank yeah. you guys so much. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I know it's not easy with the three-hour difference there. You, That's you, fine. You probably skipped dinner because of me. But no, uh, I, worked, I worked down my food right before this. I saw, I saw the McDonald's there, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you we're Americans. Yeah. Um, yeah. And anytime you ever want uh, crazy, gnarly left wing opinions on stuff, uh, we would any of us would love to come back and uh, sit down because this is a this is a great place to sit and have a conversation about things you disagree with. I appreciate yeah. that. We definitely will. Guys, stay online. Uh, stay stay offline. We'll just chat offline real quick. You so got I want to thank. Thank everybody for watching tonight and listening. Take care of yourselves and remember to be good to each other, please, people. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time. <laughs>